Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode 124, for Monday, July 24th, 2017. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Gig Gab, the podcast by four and about working musicians here Resting after a busy gigging weekend in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. Here, sitting in a nice chair in Los Gatos, California, Paul Kent. Hey, Paul Kent. So we're still fighting with your internet issues, as everybody can tell, but I think, I think folks, we're going to make it. How, uh, how, how goes it, my friend? Things going pretty good. Um, House Rockers technically had the weekend off, but we filled in with uh, that annual Music in the Park All-Stars gig that we do. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, How'd that go? It's so fun. I mean, it's fun. You can imagine this. Like, you size it up. You get a bunch. We had 23 players. And, um, you know, there is a little bit of that vibe where you're – but I think the vibe is actually more people looking around seeing, is anybody else going to introduce an ego thing into this? And then it doesn't happen. And then it's all really cool. So, you know, it's like people get there. A lot of these people have known each other 30 years. Some of them are new acquaintances. And, uh, yeah, I mean, once, once the instruments are in hand, everything takes care of itself. And this one, I actually enjoyed. I didn't have to do anything this year. Steve, my buddy, Steve, who I do acoustic madness with, he, was he took the over the once. reins. Yeah. Of, yeah. He took over the reins of, um, being the band leader. And this was a particular joy for me. Cause I had to do nothing but get my butt on stage and play my, play my songs. And, uh, I really enjoyed being a band guy, right? I, I sang lead on three. I backed up about six others on guitar and, uh, you know, the players are all really great players, but there's just like this sense of camaraderie that, uh, makes it very, very special. I mean, it's not, it's not entirely unlike when we would get together and do the Macworld All-Stars, yep. right? It was yep. like yep. a chance to play music with your, with people you really, really enjoy. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, there were some absolute remarkable musical highlights. We made a lot of people happy. Um, you know, the, the general vibe is just love. And like, there's a couple of videos that are getting posted on Facebook. And I think what you'll see is a lot of like really good players, laughing and smiling, not taking themselves too seriously, but still delivering the goods with their songs. And it's a very rewarding thing. I mean, I bring up a lot, you bring up a lot on this show about, you know, the value of a good, of a good local music scene. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think that this little concert that's going to happen once a year, I think it's going to happen in the future. Um, you know, it's kind of the, the pinnacle of that, of that local music scene. I'm sure there's a bunch of people, who didn't get invited to play, who, you know, really would love to. Uh, you can't have everybody, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, do you rotate people? Do you keep the same people in? I mean, a bunch of questions that, you know, we have to talk about. But for this moment in time, man, what a, what a great day. I mean, great music, great playing, great brother and sisterhood. Very, very fulfilling. Oh, that's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. can imagine that being a lot like the the other all-stars that we used to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. that's pretty good, man. And that's, you just had one gig this weekend. That's, that's light for you, huh? Right. Nope. Had oh. acoustic gig Friday night. Oh, there you no. go. Okay. All right. Wow. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that went and well. this week coming up. Yeah. I, well, yeah, the acoustic gig. I actually, because the house rock has been so busy, I haven't had my acoustic in my hand and, and I haven't seen those guys to play in that trio in a month. And so I was a little rusty on that stuff, um, but it was good to get back into it. And, you know, I'm just reminded 
how how happy having all these different musical outlets, you know, like you talk about, you know, the different things you do with your totally. with your drumming. Yeah. Well, I had a, it, I had it an, makes it, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no I was going to say go. I had an acoustic gig on uh, on Saturday night with it. What what would be called monkey fist, but Jimmy kind of the, the normal guitar player couldn't make it. So we had somebody that we've played with before. So it was John Donahue and I, uh, John singing, me playing Cajon and singing harmonies and such. And then this guy, Johnny Ozelius, Ozzy played, uh, played guitar with us. And he's a great guitar player. He's kind of got, I mean, he can play anything, uh, but he's really kind of got that, like that Texas shuffle in his hands. He's, he's Mm. one of those players. So that's where it is too. Yeah. And that's where it is. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we, you know, we wound up playing a lot of shuffles and stuff, um, but also, you know, playing everything else too and had a blast. We really, really locked in some three-part harmonies that just, you know, when harmonies are right, they taste good. You just feel it in your (laughs) mouth. You know what I'm talking about? Definitely. And we, we had that, the blend was good. The, the, the the intonation was good. It was just, there were some moments where I was like, yeah, let's do that again. Like, (laughs) yeah. You haven't, you haven't brought up an acoustic gig in a while. Is this your first one in a couple months? It, yeah, I think it is. I, there was, um, there was one I had to skip last month, I think, cause I was coming home from California and I wound up not doing that one. Uh, but yeah, it's been a little while since I've done some acoustic gigs, but now I've got several on the schedule sort of over the next, uh, maybe five or six weeks. So yeah, you'll probably hear me talk more about them, but yeah, it was good. It, it you know, I really like playing acoustic. The, the sound is always different. Generally the sound is better. Um, although, you know, I've had some moments where, you know, in ear bliss has, has taken over and, uh, had, had really good moments with that. Um, they, I, I, you know, I will credit those ultimate ears, the new UE 11 pros that I have, because I wound up doing, they, there was a, a minor problem with them, uh, that actually made them decide to rebuild them. So they are in the process of being rebuilt. So I did, uh, the acoustic gig was Saturday night. And then, uh, Sunday night we had a madhouse gig where I wound up playing um, and I wound up using an old set. It was like a hodgepodge set of the, one of the ones that did, wasn't lost last fall. And so I used this weird sort of Frankenstein in your set last night and it was fine. I mean, I wasn't singing or anything, but I definitely noticed a difference in, in the sound, but, um, but yeah, yeah. So the acoustic gigs are fun. Madhouse last night was, it was interesting. We actually got to rehearse before this one like a full band and cast rehearsal for a lot of the tunes. And it definitely helped, but it gave the event this sense of calm. That was um, a novel feeling uh, for us up until about 30 minutes before curtain. Then it was like, everybody was running around like chickens with their heads cut off. But when we got there yesterday afternoon, we had this really relaxed setup. Everything was going well. It was like, this doesn't feel quite right. Um, But you know, like I said, the anxiety sort of kicked in when we realized, yeah, we're not nearly as prepared as we thought. And it, for the most part, it went well. I, I, I would say it wasn't our best one, but, um, but there were some moments that were just stellar. I mean, great musical moments, lots of great musical moments, actually. And some great theatrical moments. They, uh, they did this one thing, didn't have any music. So I, I literally had no idea it was coming. Um, and Madhouse, for those of you that, that haven't heard me talk about it before is, it's it's performance art and and music and and singing and all of that sort of tied together in a you know kind of one of a kind show each time it happens everyone's different but this time they had this thing they do a lot with 
a uh, like an overhead projector like you'd have from, you know, from school or whatever. But right. they, they project it on a screen and they do little scenes and stuff while while a story is being told. And this has been happening since Bitter Pill last fall. Right. I mean, it's just something these these the Mad Men. Uh, it's one of the tricks in their arsenal and it's always used at some point in the show. They actually did one last night where it was a mix of live action, like a live actor or actress um, who was also an actor um, and and things on the screen. And she wound up playing this video game against the, you know, the the antagonist of this story that was being told. And she like picked up a sword and was stabbing things on the screen and climbing ladders. And it was like this, you know, this sort of eight bit style video mm. game. Oh, it was it was the coolest thing to watch. Man. Love it. Had nothing to do with music. In fact, there wasn't even music playing while this was going on. I, I don't think there may have been some sort of droning vamp or something happening from one of the other instruments on stage. But yeah, it was cool. So, you know, those gigs are always fun. It's it's always a madhouse. I mean, that that name is absolutely uh, appropriate for this. But uh, you know, just kind of listening to you talk and thinking about my day yesterday, it's the, uh, you know, for people who listen to the show, players play, go out and play, yeah. whether it's op- open mics or jams in your house or whatever it's going to be. Music gets better the more you do it and the more you find, you know, it surprises you in the ways that it can bring you joy, whether it's, you know, creating a personal relationship, whether it's you know just a musical moment that's satisfying in your brain, in your heart, in your soul, wherever it might be, just yeah. I'm just struck with how much it continues to give back. You always think nothing can be this good. It's you know, true. When it's good. Yeah. Well, like I and said, then you're surprised yeah. that, it, that it, it can always, you know, even when it's even when it's heartbreaking because it's not as good as you want it to be. If you give yourself a little time, you remember that it's still better than just about any other kind of, you know, creative endeavor, you know, that you can go after. If this is what's in you. You got to get it out of you. You got. Oh, absolutely. It would it would. You know, if you had called me, I mean, I was exhausted. The gig on Saturday night, the acoustic gig. Well, first of all, you know, Saturday morning, we like cleaned out our garage and then we went to the town pool and swam a little bit. And then I went and did this gig, which was outdoors and it was muggy and hot. So I just sweat like crazy. Right. It, Sunday all day. I could not rehydrate myself enough. And if you had called me at three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, a half hour before I had to leave for Madhouse and said, hey, look, th- th- you know, something happened at the theater. The power's out. We can't do the show tonight. I would have been happy as a clam. Right. But once I got there and loaded my drums down the stairs into this crazy theater and got everything set up, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm I, like I'm into this. I'm here. Here it is. It's good. Yep. 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 Still so trying to rehydrate play. myself. But you well, know. <laughs> small price to pay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know how uh, uh, and and I mean I know that the trick is just keep drinking water and and all of that but I I mean I tried all day yesterday to hydrate myself enough and it I just couldn't it, there was no way to recover I don't know how the pros do it um cuz you know not being hydrated I'm really glad I didn't have to sing last night I don't know how that would have worked um so well it, not only how the pros do it but what about what about those who are just starting out? I mean, I mean, I guess you're, you're, you know, you're in your teens or you're 20 or something like that. And, uh, and, uh, your body can recover, but imagine, you know, those rogue touring days, right? Yeah. I mean, you were on them, right? Yeah, I know. I, I didn't really think about it. I guess I was, I guess, I guess your body adapts. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but could you do it? Could you do it now? Could you do that with the body you have now? 
Um, I, I, yeah, I'm sure I'd figure it out, but it would have to be a lot more intentional. You know what I mean? Like I I would, I would have to actively figure it out. I mean, you know that my body's what, 20 years, 25 years older than it was the last time when I did that. Well, you you have had two kids too. I have. And that, that does make a difference. It does (laughs) changes my girlish figure. That's right. Your hips. (laughs) Um, you know, I want to I want to bring us down a little bit, Paul, just because I think it's a conversation worth having. Um, we had to fling had to cancel a gig uh, for next week, and it was it's a gig that was booked in February. It's for the town here. It's this outdoor thing. They call it Music on Main. We did it last year and uh we uh, you know, they closed down the street. All the local vendors and stuff come out and play you know they they do their thing we play and it's just a great big town event we found out a, a few weeks ago that our keyboard player couldn't make it to this and we decided well we can we can fly in the missing man formation uh let's we we have to do it like there's no way we can bail out on this right. gig uh yeah so because it's not just about us right there's a lot of moving parts around us and then last week <clears throat> we found out that um one of our guitar players has to have surgery it, it you know things are mostly fine with him it's just one of these things and he's, he's got to do it and it's the day before the gig so chances of him being ready to uh you know to be on stage after he's had like some surgery on his foot or whatever are are slim you know it's certainly not high enough to bank on doing it because without without we could do the gig without either one of them but without both of them it's like no no no, no this isn't going to work and of course, we, you know, we aren't set up, we don't want subs and we aren't set up to, to bring mm-hmm. in subs or anything. So we had to cancel and they found somebody else and it's, I mean, it's going to be fine, but um, man, it kills me to have to cancel a gig like that. Um, I mean, it, you know, it's what we had to do on this one, but uh, it's just, you know, you worry about, are they going to call you again for this next year? I wouldn't blame them if they don't. Um, all those things kind of swim through my head. So do you ever have to cancel gigs like this or, or are you pretty much set up to, to not have to do that? Um, set up wouldn't be the right word. So, um, boy, man, a lot of things to think about here. Number yeah. one, I do, you know, and I don't know if it's because, you know, I have a, a business life in my day job, but I basically take a commitment as a commitment, right? Same. Yeah. Right. And so, um, canceling a gig is a foreign, like I never would take, I never would think of my calendar as the possibility of, you know, I can, well, if I don't want to do that, I can just decide later. So I would never take a gig with the philosophy that, you know, I'm going to take it, but then it's up to me whether I keep it. And I right. think that, I think that if you're that guy or girl and you know, your philosophy is, uh, my, my job is to stack the calendar and then, um, you know, but I can move pieces around at will. I think that that's a bad, it's a bad business decision. And if that is your philosophy, it'll probably come back around and, and bite you. You know, if that's the way you look at the calendar. Yeah. Now, have I ever canceled a gig? Maybe, but it would have had to have been like a sick, real bad sickness. Yeah, or, something know, like calling this in where, sick to work. Right. 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 Um, and, uh, you know, I always feel the ownership of, do you want me to send somebody else and, you know, offer every type of remedy as possible. I mean, I, I take, I take the contract, even if it's a verbal contract is a very serious thing. Absolutely. Because I want my word to mean something. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really what it comes down to is, 
is is that i mean yeah it look as we've said many times we're not saving lives here right <laughs> you know but there's that commitment and and yeah when i called uh the woman who organizes things for the town it was like all right let me know what you need me to do i i can find you musicians but i don't want to like force them down your throat if you've got somebody else that you yeah. you know like let me know i am here and at your disposal and i'm sorry like this is awful yeah. yeah. I like, I, I think uh, the mantra that comes out of this show often is be cool, right? Be cool. Fellow musicians, be cool to the people you do business with. You know, even if someone is not being cool with to you, right. Um, right. You know, you can, it, it, you know, that that's not a reflection on you. That's a reflection on them. And so your response to how people, so if it's someone who canceled a gig, so I have uh, you know, a local, I've talked about this. I, we have a local restaurant in town that booked me for the summer. Yep. A Friday nights has happened to me a couple times and you know, they canceled on short notice. Um, and, and in one case in kind of an very, I found out almost the day before, you know, showing up to the gig. That's right. I remember you talked about that. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's okay to say, listen, your word is not worth anything. So I don't trust you. I'm not going to do business with you. If someone cancels a gig on you and doesn't offer to make it good by either paying you, you know, with a reasonable amount of time. And we talked about how long that could be, but I I do think on the other side of it, it is the musician's responsibility to conduct their business like a business professionally, because you know what, if nothing else, it puts you one leg up on the many people who won't do that. You know, so that just kind of puts you. That, that's the worst part about it is when I called this woman, uh, you know, I, I I wanted to tell her verbally, but I needed to tell her. And so I called her. She wasn't at her desk and was like, OK, I got to call her or I got to send her an email, which is, you know, I hate doing I hate delivering bad news via email. Right. But um, but I did. I sent her the note and I said, hey, look, you know, I, I hate to do this. Here's where we are. Give me a call. I'll help any way I can. And when I talked to her, there was no. It like my interpretation of her tone in this, and I've I've we've done gigs together before. We've known each other for a while, but my interpretation of her tone was, "Yep, typical for musicians." It's like, yeah, oh it's crap! I, that, I don't want to be that. That's not yeah. you know. I've worked really hard not to be that, and there's the. She's like, "Yeah, it sucks. You can't do it." I mean, she you know, but she's like, "Yeah, I've called an agent that I work." Actually, she called Paul Costley who we had on the show to, yep. to find a, somebody to fill in, which is absolutely the right guy to call. So I was like, okay, you're in good hands with Paul. Great. You know, let me know, obviously if you need anything else, but, uh, but yeah, it was just like, yeah, I could hear the disappointment in her voice and it wasn't the, the understanding from, again, my interpretation, I didn't dig into it with her because it's not, it's nothing to do, yeah. but you know, I wish, I wish she, I wished my interpretation of what she communicated was that she saw this as like an anomaly and it would, you know, it it just took this awful kind of, you know, confluence of events that brought it to this. But it wasn't that it was just like, yep, okay, it happens. You're a musician. You know, she didn't say it that way, but that's how it came across. Yeah, no, that's unfortunate. That's the thing is like further stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if we break that down a little bit, you know, there are many people who play music who don't have a sense of business, right? They don't have a sense of commitment. You know, you know, a lot of times that's, that's part of an artistic personality, not wanting to be tied down to something. And, you know, whereas I can understand that it comes from a a not evil place, um, it still does cause a problem for, you know, cause problems. Right. And, you know, you don't want to be that person. So, I would guess many of the people who listen to our show 
are, you know, they have day jobs and they understand, you know, a commitment is a commitment and that type of thing. But, you know, I guess there is that little sliver of the pie of, of people who are just that kind of creative, you know, far, far, far side of the brain and uh, commitments are temporal things, I guess. But, but um, no, I, I think, I think, and, and to me, uh, you know, leaving a gig for a better paying gig is oh. just is just as heinous. I, I hate that. I had to, one to me. Guy, that's actually worse. Yeah, yeah. That that's an fu. Yeah, right. That's that's a lot different than the, you know a sickness or you know something like that. Yeah. So you know, I guess Dave, the whole the whole thought is your word is part of your brand. Yeah. In everything in life, your word is part of your brand, and uh, you know you you should make every effort to be true to your word. You shouldn't have a business strategy that assumes you can move things around later if it suits your purpose better. Um, and you should really think about that make good process. So like you're saying, can I help send somebody? Can I put you in touch with somebody? All those types of things. If you do have to cancel a gig. Yeah. it's. Um, I mean, I suppose it's going to happen. You play long enough and, and you're going to be in a scenario where you'd start looking at your options and it's like, yeah, this isn't going to fly the way I thought it was going to fly. You know, yeah. I didn't want to show up with a totally different band with again, at least not without conversing with her about that. You know, so yeah. we just um, acoustic madness just just took a uh, a year of gigs in 2018. Nice with a place. It is nice, but it's it, and it's a it's a it's a really nice people. It's not a great gig. Like the setup is not quite right. I hear you. Um, um, it's really hard for people to get to us. They have to walk through a bunch of tables to tip us and the pay itself is not great. Um, but we like the people and the, and very cool that they would do, you know, basically 15 months of gigs committed in advance. That's kind of a cool thing. But um, it was funny. I was talking to one of my partners about this and they were like, I was like, how do you feel about that gig? We just signed up for a lot. He goes, yeah. He goes, you know, it's not the best gig. And, you know, I, I could hear the wheels not that not that either Steve or Mary Ellen would ever bail on it, but I right. mean I think it's like we just agreed to a year of stuff. We took we took the regularity at the expense. And the thinking there is maybe you don't, you know, take things so far out. If you if you're the type of person who wants to keep your options open or you're willing to bet on the come that um that something better may come along at a certain time and and you know, a a, a less paying gig short term but less regularity, right? So in in this scenario, what do you think the chances are that the club will keep this 15 month Mm. commitment? What an interesting question. Right. So that turns the whole thing around. Right. So that is like. Because my my feeling, I've never had a 12 month commitment be honored through all 12 months with a club. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. But but you got to be careful there because I know what you're saying, you know, you have some data and you have a perspective that therefore you're going to brace for them to fall through. So it's okay for you to fall through before they fall through. Oh no, no, I'm, I, I would never, no, I wouldn't that, but that's the, that's where the frustration comes in for me is like, okay, we agreed to 15 months. I, I'm going to be there and I've cleared my calendar and I've made it work. And, but I have this feeling that six months in, you know, they're going to get to January. Things are a little slow. They're going to give you a call. You know, let's do it every other month for the rest mm. of the year. You know, and it's like, yeah, man, like, I mean, you just most of the time you just take that. But still, it's like, you know, if if you weren't really if you didn't really mean to commit to 15 months, then you shouldn't have done it. 
Yeah. But I mean, I just like say, you, right? You're you're having the conversation about the I don't want to say the regrets, but the 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 downsides. There's pros and cons, right? You're having the conversation about the cons. That's fine. Yeah. I don't think I don't think and I am overgeneralizing here, but you know, generally, I don't think the the clubs look at it the same way. Possibly. So we made a decently informed decision sure, that uh, we know we know the people we see their attention again it's the manager who gave us the gig so the owner yeah. you know obviously that's that's a different thing so you know decently informed and, and I'm, I'm pretty good with it um this conversation is making me think maybe we should have done six <laughs> months at a time <laughs> yeah I, how about this though do you think it's reasonable to renegotiate money in the middle of a of a long-term regular thing um, so I, I would say from a business standpoint, in a general sense, no, right. You make the commitment. There it goes. That's how it is. But given that I don't think I've ever had a 12 month commitment from a club actually be honored, I, you know, they might be the victims of that same, the flip side of that same circumstance I talked about earlier where, you know, there's the stereotypical unreliable musician. It's like, yeah, you know. Like, we got to renegotiate this. All right. Well, think about this. You've signed up for something. We can now promote every third Thursday yep. and it becomes a scene. And all of a sudden, you know, there are people planning their their time to come see us at this thing. Yeah. And we've built an audience for them. Yeah. You think it's fair to go back and say, hey, you know, we're making you more money. It, it's only fair that you kind of share it. Uh, no, I, I, from a business standpoint, no. Right. Because they are they are the ones offering the money up front. Now, again, I mean, we both know that if it's six months, they cancel this. They're not going to pay you for the gigs right. that you didn't play. So that's, that's where. But that's the conversation, David. If, yeah. if you if we both know, you know, <laughs> yeah. that that there's a tentative thing here. Does everybody get what they can out of the situation? Yeah. And is that, is that now that, you know, so, so on the one hand, I, I can't tell if I'm telling, talking out of both sides of my no, mouth. No, you are. Hand, Wait, so we both are. Commit. Yeah. <laughs> but I do actually think it's a, you know, it's an interesting thing. You know, if, if, uh, like, I think what I do that with an ad contract for somebody, right. You know, in, in, in my, my day job, right. When I sign a, a 12 month deal and then come back to him six months in and say, Hey man, you know, we're uh, we're really promoting the heck out of your thing there on the on the podcast. And and so you should pay us more. Well, like, check this out, man. I think that's so say be you're cool. <laughs> say you're a, um, you know, uh, a, a good hitting first baseman. You're hitting 280. You know, you're 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 average, maybe a little above average. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, you're hitting 330 and your contract's up at the end of the year. Does the team say. We want to make sure you're happy here. You know, we're going to renegotiate your contract and give you more money now. Sure. Or do you say, you know, look, I'm delivering right now. Make it worth my while or their or relationship. And that, this is business, right? This yeah. is so this is kind of an interesting thing. The concept of a renegotiation. Is it is it a is it a social faux pas if you have the chops to back it up? So, you know, again, if you just say it's business. And yep. now actually my head is going in that direction. Sure. If you just say it's business and I go in six months, listen, we start playing here, you know, you had 10 regulars and we were bringing in 10 or 20 people. And now this place is full and, uh, and, uh, everybody's making more money. I think it's only fair that we were negotiate. They yeah. can say no, no harm, no foul. And then it's up to us to say, okay, you know, we, we asked, you said, no, you know, I guess that's this informs everybody moving forward. Yes. And you create the dynamic and that's business, right? That's, no, that, that that's actually, applying leverage. That I don't have a problem with Be, uh, unless your leverage is 
give us more or we're going to cancel the rest of the year. I, no, that sucks. Right. That sucks. No, but what you just described, that's absolutely uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, hey, look, we agreed and we'll do it. But here's the reality of the scenario. Everybody's there's more money on the table. We'd like to, you know, renegotiate that. And if you say no, it's fine. We're going to finish out our six months. Yes. But, you know, the future is going to look very different. And our promotion of this, like we're committed to this right now. Exactly. But our, you know, our deal was that we're just going to show up and play. Yep. And if that you have dis- now disincented me. Correct. From doing any more for you. That's right. Yeah. And so- that, that concept of, in- of incentivizing is the leverage of business, right? That's that, is, the that is the give and take. That's it. So, you know, it, it doesn't mean you walk if you don't get what you want. That's Correct. not being cool. That's being a jerk. Yeah. But it, you're also not being a jerk asking. No, and no. I think a lot of people totally are okay cautious about that. They feel like, well, you know, a deal is a deal. Nope. A deal is not a deal because a deal ends and then there's a next deal. And so right. using leverage to get what you, what you deserve. Again, you have to be able to back it up. Remember, you get that you get that raise and you go back to hitting 280. All of a sudden, you don't look very good and well, everybody's not happy again. And, and the rate for you at 280 has already been defined. So you get that raise and then things sort of fall off. They say, look, you know, tonight we're only going to pay you, you know, the the old rate because (laughs) this isn't working out the way you described when we renegotiated. And And that's that's fair game. Yeah. 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 No, I that's totally fine. And I think I think, frankly, that's a good thing to do. I mean, (laughs) you're in business. This is what you do. It's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So to recap, honor your commitments. Expect others to honor theirs. Yeah, even though the you know they're not going <laughs> to. Even if you know, right? Um, and the concept of reno. And again, that maybe that's what contracts are for, that even if you cancel these, you owe me for this. Right. And then, you know, and people, we haven't really had a contract talk in a while. People are in all different sorts of frames of mind when it comes to music, I find, between the the requesting and the committing to a you know a piece of paper that's actually what contracts are for right if you yes. cancel if you change your mind you can't leave me high and dry so we could take the com- the conversation to that path maybe for another day and then the the third point here is the concept of renegotiation um as a concept of leverage you know if you're overperforming it's okay to ask the the, the act of asking does not make you a jerk. No, no. I, I mean, it, it, assuming you aren't a jerk when you ask I mean, <laughs> and how you ask yeah. and how you ask. I mean, that's that's the, the key to life right there is, you know, show up with a smile, show up with with data or something that backs it up. You know, remember, everybody makes decisions based on emotion like that. That is a fact. Now, some people's emotion at times is informed by, you know, numbers on a spreadsheet. Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes people's emotion is fueled by their gut feeling. But in the end, the purchase decision is always an emotional one. So knowing that going in, well, okay, make them feel good, even though you're asking them for more. Right. I mean, this is how this works. If you go in like swinging a hammer, probably not going to get what you want, you know, unless they feel like they're in a corner. But that's not a good, you know, that's not a good way to do it either. So well, and that's the thing, you know, the, the agent for that 280 hitter. If he's a good agent, he's like, you know, my guy's going to be free at the end of this year and right. his price is going to go way up. Right. You know, just letting you know what to expect. Yeah. You know, if, if you, you want to negotiate. Down now, right. You want to negotiate another year now. Well, let's talk. That, yeah. That's good business right there. Yeah. absolutely. But again, you know, all business. And again, I think a lot of musicians are just uncomfortable with business. Right. All business. If you go in 
with a win-win attitude. You know, if you go in that you're trying to do something for someone, not to someone. Yes. Right. But fair is fair. Value is value. And, you know, I think the more that people who have to negotiate for musicians, whether it's a, you know, a solo guy negotiating himself or a band leader on behalf of a band. Um, so, yeah, you, sh- you have to be comfortable. I mean, again, it's your business. Money is transacting. And so, you know, honoring your word to go back to our original topic um, is is, I think, remember, that's part of your brand, but also being a good business person. Because again, the club will do the same. I mean, oh, they definitely will do the same. If they feel like they're not making money off of you, like I said initially, when you when you brought this up, they're going to cancel the rest of that contract, and they're not going to pay you for the gigs. I I mean, and there's there's really no recourse for at the level of a uh, or no financial recourse at the level of a cover you know musician hanging out and playing in bars for whatever a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, you can you can tell everyone what they've done. And, and that actually, you know, I've seen clubs get totally blacklisted. Uh, you know, once, once they treat the third band this way, it's like, yeah, you know, no, I'm good. You know what you hear one bad story. It's like, well, who knows? There's always two sides. Right. But when the same story gets told the third time, everybody's like, yeah, forget it. Yeah. 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 Sure. There you go. Good conversation though. So, so be cool. Honor your word. Expect others to honor theirs contracts are smart and they're there for a reason. And then, you know, understanding the basic premise of negotiation, uh, I think are really good bullet points for all this. Yeah. And the good news for me is having to cancel that fling gig. I had a, um, a a gig at the, this club called the gaslight with monkey fist that night that I couldn't do. And now I can do it. So it's not a bad thing to have a backup gig (laughs) for sure. For sure. All right. Well, I think that does it for us for today. Unless you got something else, man. I'm good. Good conversation. Yeah, this is good. Folks, you can find us at GigGabPodcast.com. Send us email to feedback at GigGabPodcast.com or visit us on Facebook, GigGabPodcast.com slash Facebook. What is it that we say, Paul? Always be uh, performing. (laughs) Have a good week. See you.